Hi, my name is Dina Clark and I'd like to welcome you to the first podcast of Let's Talk. I've been working for PA Housing now for five years. I've met so many people over the years from so many different backgrounds and perspectives, um, which makes my work so interesting. Everybody is unique and we all face challenges day to day, so I'm keen to learn more about each of you and see what I can do to help people tell their own stories. My first guest on Let's Talk is with Dorothy Smith. Hi Dorothy, welcome to Let's Talk. Hi Dina. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. I'm really yeah. excited to be talking to you today. You too. Okay, so going to get into this. Okay. Okay, um, so I've got a few questions to ask you. Yeah. Okay, so how long have you been working for PA Housing and what do you do? Well, I first joined as a temporary housing officer in November 2014. Um, and in 2015, um, my role as a housing officer became permanent. There's a little story behind that, which I'll go into a little later on. Okay. Um, in April 2016, I became the estate services coordinator. And in um, 2019, I was successful in securing the role of neighbourhood team manager for the Midlands. Yay! <laughs> well you. done. Thank you. Okay, so what's your um, ethnic origin? So I'm black British and my parents are from the Caribbean. Both my parents are from the Caribbean. Okay, so have you always lived in England? I've always lived in England. Okay, um, so where did you grow up in, Eng- in England? So I grew, grew up on a predominantly white working class council estate in Southmead, Bristol, which is approximately 26 miles, a 30 minute drive away from Western Supermare. So that's the Southwest country's equivalent to Skegness. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> with a beach yes love a beach <laughs> okay what was it like growing up as a child so growing up my dad always said to me that um, we would have to work twice as hard as my white counterparts to prove ourselves in this world um, I suffered a lot of racism um, in primary school I always wondered why I was never getting chased or I was never caught um, when we played kiss chase um, at first I used to think it was because I'm too fast for the boys for the boys in the primary school to catch me um, but it wasn't it was due to the color of my skin no black girl ever got chased or you know kissed um, in primary schools um, my neighbor they were um, they were it was, they were white, but they were quite uh, covertly racist. Um, I used to play with their daughter, um, her name's Elaine. I once gave uh, Elaine some African-Caribbean bread, Ardo bread is what we call it, yep. to try. And uh, she took it home, and I was in the garden at the time. She was in the kitchen with her mum, and I can remember hearing her mum saying, oh, you're not going to eat that nigger bread, throw it away. Oh, wow. Away. Oh, my God. Um, they also had a, a dog that they very kindly called Blackie. Um, I think, again, that was undertones of racism because they used to be shouting Blackie, Blackie, when the dog had gone out for a walk with, with, the, with the father. Um, I also used to go to a, a youth club every Friday and, and every six weeks or so, we used to get messages to say that the National Front, or the British National Party as they're called now, um, were coming up to Southmead looking for, to fight black people, basically, or white people who were into 
black people. Yeah. Um, so we used to have to, we'd leave, the youth club finished at half past nine, but we'd leave at like 8.30 to try and avoid the National Front. Um, nine times out of ten it worked out okay, but there were a few times when we were chased by the by the National Front and fought, fights broke out and you know a couple of my um, friends, black friends, lads uh, got beaten up or they ended up beating up the National Front um, people. I can also remember when I used to go, I used to go to um, an, an all-girls school um, called Penn Park Girls School. There was two schools in um, in Southmead. There was um, the boys' school, Greenway Boys' School, at one end of the town, and then there was Penn Park Girls School at the other yeah. end of the town. Um, and my school was about about a mile, mile and a half um, from where I lived. Um, but that journey could be, so it take me about 30 minutes to get home, but that journey could be cut down by 10 minutes if I went the shortcut. The problem with me going the shortcut home when I was in secondary school would be I'd have to endure a barrage of racism from people in the surrounding, in this cut-through yeah. street. You know, oh, have you had your coup flakes this morning? <sighs> or what's the matter with you? Oh, my God. Yeah, I am uh, so... Uh, nigger, nigger, pull the trigger, that sort of thing. Wow. So that was, that, that's a regular thing um, for me growing up in, in, in Bristol. How uh, old was you at that point? And um, you say in secondary school, so 11 to 16, Wow, okay. 11 to 16. Experienced it all the time. And, and it's funny because my neighbour, although they were racist, me and her were best friends until yeah. probably she left home when she was about 18. She went off and, and got married. And it, the yeah, she went off and got married. Um, we didn't really keep in contact after that, but we used to do everything together, dress up, uh, you know, Bay City rollers, crinking our eyelashes with the, <laughs> with the uh, eyelash crinkers and everything, and putting on shows and her showing me how to put on makeup. So it was quite a, a strange relationship yeah. to say, you know, how, how and racist it's, they And were. it sounds it, and it sounds like it's actually, it, it wasn't her. Any, do you think that they were her feelings, or these are feelings that have actually been come down? No, I, I don't think they were her feelings, because her brother, her older brother, he was, um, I don't know, 10 years older than us. He was a hairdresser, but he was actually gay. Okay. But back in those days, it was all on of the course, cover. Yes. But it was obviously, he, he, all was, hush he hush. was gay. We knew he was gay. We yes. and the sister um, knew he was gay. And he was absolutely lovely to me. You know, I never had any issues with him. He'd help us with bake, make um, peppermint cream sweeties, <laughs> something like that stands out quite, um, quite prominently. Um, so no, it wasn't her, I think it was certain members of her family yeah. that were uh, quite racist or just didn't understand No, and you know what? different culture. I think for me, what I'm sick of hearing is it's just a different generation. Yeah. Um, I think we need to get past that. Yeah, um, I know I've spoken to you over the last couple of days about um, a customer that I've spoken to over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And um, I think it was really sad to hear that um, these kids are actually saying the N-word yeah. to a little boy. A little boy's six, and the people that are actually calling it a little boy are also six, year, yeah. six years old. And... I feel like that's got to have come from the parents. Yeah, where, where else would most, most you definitely. get that from? I, I, I think we, we need to change this. Yeah. And yeah. I think with these conversations is that's what we're going to be trying to yeah. do moving forward and seeing what we can do to obviously change people's opinion. 
Definitely, and and I think um, you know some over some people have said, oh, why does you know over the the Black Lives Matter campaign, people said, oh, why uh, why does Black why is it only Black Lives Matter? All lives matter. What I would one of my responses to that would be, if I was running for cancer research and raising money for cancer research, and I came to you and said, would you you know I'm raising money for cancer research? You're not going to turn around to me and say, well, why just cancer research? All diseases matter. You're going to contribute to cancer research aren't of course you? yeah absolutely well done thank i quite you. like that actually thank you thank you <laughs> okay what is your experience as a black person working within pa housing so my experience as a black woman working within pa has been in the main positive um, apart from when i applied for my permanent role as a housing officer officer um, after temping here for five months or so and I didn't actually get the job uh, which came as quite a surprise to yes. me to be honest with you <laughs> uh, and I don't want that to sound arrogant um, so they took on a, a, a young person to be the housing officer remotely in, in Nottingham but she lasted I don't know she lasted a week and a half two weeks she couldn't hack it didn't have the experience um, and they actually called me up when I'd left the organisation and asked me if I'd like to take on the role as housing officer on a permanent basis because I didn't want the role um, on a permanent basis because I'm a housing manager by trade of or been for the past 15, yes. 20 years. Um, but I took, I took the role because I wanted a permanent role and I was tired of um, not being able to take annual leave when you're temping. Of course. Like you need to, you need to work, <laughs> work, work and, and save some money in order to you know, take a week off or something. So I just needed that security again of working permanently and um, if I'm honest with you I always felt com- comfortable at PA housing from day one. I felt um, quite welcomed. It's a very diverse uh, yeah, community so. that we work in um, within PA, their ethos and their values are quite in line with my own ethos and values. Um, so it was it was it was a pleasure to to take that role on. Um, Did you ever question why? You didn't get it? So one person said it wasn't down to them, it was down to the manager. And I never actually spoke to the manager, but all I can... I don't want... I'm not one of these people who will um, cry racism for the sake of crying racism. But um, And I don't want to sound... arrogant but I, I think I might have been seen as a, a little bit of a threat yeah um, hence the reason why I didn't get the job because there was no explanation no. no no reasonable explanation why I did not get the job as a housing officer I mean I've been a housing manager for like 10 years managing ASB uh, neighborhood estates you know yeah. voids and allocations so there was um, no actual reason no why act- you shouldn't have got yeah. it <laughs> Really? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that was then. But despite that, I did accept the, the permanent role, like I said, for those security, for security reasons. Um, a year after that, um, everything changed. We went through a, a, re- no, a restructure, a restructure, and I was assimilated into the post of the estate services coordinator role where I coordinated um, the estate inspections for the team um, in the Midlands and then in um, December 2018 uh, we were going through another realignment where we did the huge recruitment in each of the three offices Pentagon Case and Bead Island to get people who to um, recruit 
new staff, neighbourhood coordinators with a customer service background. So we did it um, quite differently. And I think that's one of the reasons why, one of the main reasons why we recently won the Housing Heroes Award because of our proactivity Absolutely. and the uniqueness of um, the recruitment process during that during that period. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, that was really good. So, um, I think it's very important to say what award we have just won. The Housing Heroes Award, <laughs> Equality and Diversity, um, Equality, Diversity and Inclusivity um, Housing Heroes Award. So I'm really pleased for that. Me too. Really Me too. Absolutely. Um, in December 2018, like I said, I, um, I, I actually wanted to apply for the neighbourhood and safer communities manager's role and I spoke to someone and said you know I was expressing an interest in the in that role and I was told well you're not really a brand within PA housing your name's not really well no you're going to need to make a, a name for yourself which I thought I did in the uh, estate service estate officer coordinator's role um, so I just took it well I'm not going to because it, a lot of energy goes into completing application yeah, forms really I does. put a lot of energy into completing application forms and I just interpreted that I'll apply for the neighbourhood team manager's role um, and hopefully I'll yeah well I was successful yeah and you really. got it <laughs> yeah got, me too I got that um, <clears throat> so for me I think following the heartbreaking events um, of uh, George Floyd uh, it, it's reassuring to know that PA stand together with BME communities against the prejudice and discrimination so painfully highlighted by the murder of George, George Floyd um, at the hands of the um, American police um, it, it has rightly ignited um, anger across the world and it is reassuring that PA are showing solidarity with the BME staff and communities. I have cried and sobbed over the past few weeks or few months as it doesn't just happen in America, it happens here as well and I think for me it just it just brings back so many memories of growing up and you know I started my career I spent 10-12 years um, working for solicitors and I became a licensed conveyancer and it's quite interesting you're having conversations over the telephone with people and then when you meet them face to face they don't say it but it's like you can see in their face oh you're black yeah and some people you know some people will say oh i wasn't expecting oh my god expecting you okay yeah they they do they do they say it out loud and they think it's okay to say it yeah of course and i think earlier you said um you know people using excuses in terms of um, it's it's that era. There's there's no excuse. I think I think education starts from when when you're when you're five. Yeah. Speaking to your children, and I think the difficulty is is that unless, okay, put it this way. I used to work in supported housing. I used to work with ex-offenders, and before I worked with ex-offenders and um, homeless people, I didn't really have that much knowledge no. on drugs, crack cocaine, domestic violence, but through education and training and working in that environment, I clued myself up and I've got a better understanding understanding and awareness of all those things. And I think there's no different to um, uh, black 
people and having that understanding and awareness of our culture and where that differs from perhaps a, a, an Irish person's culture yeah. and where that differ, differs from a British person. I think it's all about being open to learn and being open to have those conversations and I think that's what excites me the most about being at PA housing because they have been open to learn and they are happy to have start having those open conversations uh, so that everybody is unique and everyone can feel inclusive and everyone can feel that they, they've got a voice and um, I think as a result of what happened to, to George Floyd, PA Housing have taken on board and we are in the process of um, developing a BME staff network um, group which will be for non-white staff yep. but it will be, it'll be a, a safe space, a forum where um, black staff can come together and have a, make a difference and have an impact on, on changes that we are making, have an impact on educating and raising awareness with people, raising awareness um, and understanding where people are coming from. Nobody uses their colour as an excuse to get any form of privilege or no. any, any better... Um, I'm trying to say here. Nobody, yeah, it's not. It's not about the colour. It's about understanding and having an awareness. And education starts when your child is young and speaking to your children about. You know, I gave the analogy earlier about um, cancer and raising money for cancer research and why is. And I kind of compared that to why Black Lives Matter uh, campaign is is going ahead. And uh, for me, it's about educating your children and letting your children understand. Um, and it has been heartbreaking because it's like the same racism that I experienced back in the day, I, it's still happening. I know. And it saddens me. I can't believe it. I, it saddens me. I, I, don't, I don't understand. I, re- I honestly, and I don't, and, and I'm, I'm a white person, yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I, I honestly don't understand. And I think you're right about PA housing. I think we're, we're, we're very diverse. Yes. I think, and like you said, we're very open. Yes. And I think people want to actually learn yes. everything. No, everybody is unique. Yes. And that's what I love about working here. Definitely. And I think it's really important to keep that going. And definitely. I'm really excited to be working with everybody doing this. But definitely, yeah. we're excited to be doing it near the group. Um, I'm, I'm now, well, unofficially, officially actually, I'm now the chair of the Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Advisory Group. I will be taking over. I think Ian Watts will be chairing his last meeting tomorrow. And then the next meeting for the next six months, that will be down to me. And, you know, we're looking at a few th- themes. My theme is... Um, organizational cultural change so I'm quite excited about getting involved in that and making a difference within Absolutely. PA housing not just for the staff but for our customers as yeah. well everybody yeah for literally everyone, everybody everyone. who's out there yeah. and who's yeah. willing to listen that's right absolutely and definitely. i really hope it's a lot of people definitely i honestly do so, you know we've got um we've got it's as you know the first of october is on um thursday so we've been busy putting together um a few events for um black history month one of the things it's been banding about people are saying well, well what's white privilege what, what what's white privilege what does that mean so i'll be running a workshop over the four weeks one at one per week um it's called white 
white privilege. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I'm trying to encourage as many staff as possible um, to, to join that, that workshop. It's very educational and being white privileged does not mean that you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. No, certainly not. Well, I will be there. Lovely. Without Look doubt. Look forward to seeing you. Thank you. So I think we've come to the end of the podcast. Um, I'd like to say a really big thank you for Dor- to Dorothy um, for talking to me today. 